So I want to talk a little bit about our, our, our understanding of communion. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so this is not chatter time. It's not announcements anymore. You can um, just take what you're given and just move along. All right. So c communion that we do at, as our, at our church somewhat regularly, it's really anchored in two events. Who can tell me the first event it's anchored in? Anyone, anyone dare to? Who said Passover? Well done, Jasmine. Extra points to you. And so it is, it is really anchored in, in Passover, which I will call the first Passover, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But for us as Christians, it's anchored in the last Passover, um, also known as the Last Supper. So, so we, if, if you're not familiar, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with what Passover is, uh, we go back to ancient Israel, and uh, Israel in, in Egypt, captivity to Pharaoh, and Moses comes along and, and starts, starts to deliver them out of Egypt. And, and the passage, they have to get a young goat or a young lamb. They have to sacrifice this young goat or lamb. And then I've got a couple of verses to read. Exodus chapter 12, they had to take some of the blood and smear it of the, of the animal they've just sacrificed and smear it on the sides of the, and the doorposts of the house where they were staying. And then at the same time, they meant to roast the uh, meat over a fire and eat it along with a salad made with rocket lettuce, which is bitter. Who likes rocket lettuce? No. Just Ali and my family. So, um, pity us. Um, then they also need to eat it with some bread made without yeast. A few verses later, these are your instructions for eating the meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. But we eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass over the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and every firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now there is so much incredible uh, uh, truth in this uh, passage that reflects in the story of Jesus. But we need to remember, as, so God was about to deliver them from slavery. God was about to deliver them from, uh, from captivity, from bondage, and from being, being held back from the promise. So God was about to do and del deliver them from, from death. And for the Israelites, this was an incredibly important, thank you for that, an incredibly important festival for them. And God says, I want you to celebrate this perpetually for, for every year. He wanted the nation. It is so important to remember the sacrifice that sets them free from bondage that they were to celebrate it every year and they still celebrate it to this day. And so um, we're, we're 3,300 years later. So in, in Israel, if you're a Jew and this celebration has occurred every year for 3,300 years. And so that's how important for, for God to the Jewish people uh, remembering the power of the blood and the salvation that it brings. And so that was the first uh, Passover. Now, as Christians, we probably don't extend as far as 3,300 years. Let's go to 1,300 years after the first Passover. And uh, now we come to the person of Jesus. And this is, from our Christian point of view, this is the second anchor for communion that we're going to talk about. So remember that the Jesus and his disciples were Jews. Just in case you didn't know that, they were Jewish people. They grew up celebrating Passover every year. 
checking what's going on. Just gonna wait for them to pass over. I'm waiting for them to pass over. That's pass by. So, all right. Dad joke, Sam. Score. It's a good score, was it? Excellent. Okay. All right. Okay. So now Jesus is uh, having a pass. So he, he didn't have a cracker and juice. He was having the Passover meal with his disciples who understood what the Passover was. They understood about the blood and the, and the lamb and, and the salvation from captivity and the salvation from, from bondage and the, and the salvation from death. They were very familiar with what was going on. And so in Luke chapter 22, we go, now when the festival of Passover arrived, when the, sacrifice is sac when the lamb is sacrificed, Jesus said to Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal with us so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him at the house that he enters. Say to the owner, The teacher asked, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So they went off to the city, found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared for the Passover meal there. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus says, this is really important, he says, I have been eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't this, eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine, in which, you, which, you're, which we symbolize by a cup, a cup of high quality dealcoholized port or grape juice or something. Cranberry. Okay. If Jesus said cranberry, he would have still had wine, but um, we've got cranberry. Um, he took this cup and uh, of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took some bread, rice cracker, because some of them might have been gluten-free back in those days. I don't know, but they took some bread and he broke it into pieces. And he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and he said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Right here, Jesus was about to change their understanding of Passover forever. And so we, we are reminded in this, in this moment here that Jesus understood that, that the Passover symbolized freedom and, and, and salvation and redemption and restoration. He understood that and God was going to do it to his people from Egypt. But Jesus is saying it's going to happen for each of us individually. Not, not just for the disciples back there, but the new Passover, the new covenant, the new uh, arrangement that God has with his people involves Jesus's blood and body being broken. And so only a few days after this last supper, um, Jesus became the Passover lamb. His, his blood was shed upon the cross for us. He, he sacrificed his life to save humanity. Jesus was the firstborn son that, that gave his life so that you and I and the, and the people who have gone before us and the people who are yet to come after us would be spared. His blood would be shed for us. And Hebrews tells us, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And uh, if you think about your life and, the, and, and maybe reflect backwards and you think, oh man, the stuff I've done, the regrets, the mistakes, all that. You know, if Jesus didn't shed that blood, there's no way that we'd ever be set free from that. To find freedom, to find deliverance from, from bondage, from captivity. Jesus' blood sets us free 
and he forgives our sins so so communion reminds us that jesus died to redeem us he paid a price to to make us his own jesus died to restore us jesus died to to give us life and to his death becomes our life and so to restore us from slavery from captivity from bondage to the things that hold us back communion should remind us when we gather when we celebrate who jesus is and what he did it should remind us all that he's done for us upon the cross and ultimately communion reminds us that jesus came to restore us back into right relationship with the father and i think that is so so beautiful that we can we can walk and in friendship and in relationship with our father in heaven because what jesus did on the cross for us and and because of communion he restores our identity as his children as heirs of his throne of heirs of his promise and there's so much more that we have in jesus because of what he did on the cross for us and so a couple of quick thoughts before we partake in communion so in this passage jesus said and i love this thought jesus said i am eager i am looking forward to sharing this meal with you he said to his he's saying to his disciples i love being with you and I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to bring a revelation of who I am to you. And so right now, Jesus is saying to us, he is longing, he is eager to be with you, to, to, to spend time with you. And I know we get busy and we know our life is full of stuff and distractions and, and a whole range of things. But Jesus, I'm going to tell you something, Jesus is eager to spend time with you. He, he, regardless of what you've done this week or this morning or thought or did, he is so eager to, to spend time and commune with you um, and secondly he was eager because it was the last time that Jesus would actually eat this meal until God's kingdom came and so for us this morning we've got a little bit of cracker and juice here and it, it's sort of like an entree a very little entree or a little taste test if you like for what we are going to experience and receive in, in the kingdom in the kingdom of God comes when we have a the revelation talks about a, a marriage feast a wonderful passover celebration in heaven when we can celebrate jesus this reminds us you know what there is a future that's coming and, and and no matter what our life looks like right now there is a much better future ahead of us and so that's that's one of the things that communion reminds us of and um lastly communion is best at work outworked in 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 community and that's what i love about our church family is that it's a wonderful opportunity for us to share life based on Christ together. Now, a couple of verses after Jesus did spoke and they did the Last Supper thing, just a couple of verses later, we read that the disciples were arguing about who is the greatest. In uh, Luke chapter 22, it says, Then they began arguing amongst themselves who would be the greatest among them. And he said to them, In the world, kings and great men lorded over other people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and those who are the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as a, as a servant. And I think it's a really good thought to sort of close our communion, because the disciples missed the point, as they often did, as we often do that Jesus just talked about the power and the transforming power of his blood and his body and just two verses later they were just caught up in the natural again they were caught up thinking well well who's better they're positioning themselves for power and it's so easy for us to to do likewise you know we can get so consumed with the things around us 
you know we can get so consumed with particularly well usually ourselves our priorities our agendas our thoughts what we think needs to happen and and like the disciples they can forget and we can so easily forget of the incredible power and truth of, of what communion really is and we neglect uh in this case the disciples were trying to say who's greatest and in our world sometimes we we make us the greatest and we forget the priority jesus is saying you know what communion shows us the priority is not you the priority is serving others loving others giving your life for others and so that's what that's why i believe luke when he wrote his account of of, of this uh, last supper he welded those two story well they, they came together so he put them together the story of restoration the story of redemption the story of salvation and he said you know what that needs to be out outworked in communion as we love and we serve others we together get to enjoy uh, communion with God and communion with one another so so this morning as we as we think about communion as we as we celebrate this on this beautiful Sunday morning I really pray and we're going to take a moment here that that you would like understand that Jesus is so eager to be with you he has been he looks forward to you even if you're too busy and you can only squeeze a prayer in sometime he goes oh thanks it's not that he needs that but he loves that and uh, and the goal and this is for each one of us to learn to live in, in relationship that we can just enjoy Jesus whether we're sitting here or, or going for a, a paddle up the river or or a, a ski or coffee or cake we can just enjoy Jesus being with us because he enjoys being with you and uh, and so this morning I'm gonna uh, if you take your cracker and juice in your hand I'm gonna ask for for two people to pray uh, and I need people with loud voices to thank Jesus for his body that he gave for us who'd like to just yell it out thanks Leanne crunchy aren't they and now your mouth's all dry and if someone is, is able to whose mouth isn't dry to um, thank Jesus for his blood that actually cleanses us it forgives us it gives us hope and it sets us free it saves us from death I know you can pray I'm just preaching again someone pray he'll pray
want you to, I just want you to remember that that Jesus is eager to be with you wherever whenever he is available accessible and he brings with him heaven he brought heaven down he brings his joy and his peace and his grace and his forgiveness and his love for you and for me and that is so good all right we are now going to move to our, just a, a short introduction to those being baptized this morning and I would like to invite Amani up and Eva up and Jane up Oh, down, Jane, down. Oh, she's coming. <laughs> so, how's our framing, Sam? Where do you want everyone? Which we have. You guys are fine. Okay. So, um, so I'll introduce you. This is Amani, and uh, Amani's been part of our church and youth for about a year. Is that right? Yeah. And so, all of these, uh, they've all, they've all practiced. They're all ready today. They are pumped, ready to say what they want to say. And uh, Amani's got a really big voice. And so well, you guys up there are going to listen carefully. But um, Amani, it's so good to have you here this morning. And I know when your mum took a little uh, baptism flyer, uh, I was excited for you because I know there's something significant that happens in the life of the believer when they um, follow through on just what God's asking them to do. Obedience and, and surrender is a wonderful thing. So would you like to share a little bit with just me, uh, with, with whoever can hear you, why you want to get baptized? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, this has been something I've wanted to do for a really long time. Um, but I felt initially like really nervous um, uh, and sort of doing it in front of everyone, I guess. Um, but I feel a lot of peace and I feel content in knowing that I get to like, you know, declare my faith in front of everyone I love. Um, and in saying like, I get to you know, say that like, this is who I am. I'm choosing to stand for Christ right. and who He is, um, and discover more about myself and more about Him um, and His love for me. Um, yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's epic. There's a hand for that one. Well done. No, no, you, you're at the end. You've got to bring it home. <laughs> so, Eva, tell us. I mean, you've been part of our church family for a while. Tell us why today is the day you're being baptized? Uh, well, I guess I've been, like, I grew up in a Christian family and I've always known who Jesus is, but I've only really just grown, like, closer with him over the last couple of years. And we've just come to, like, a personal, more personal relationship. And I just want to declare my love and faith in him by getting baptized and just promise, like, to follow him. Brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Well done. <laughs> now, now, Jane, it's great to have you here. And t t tell us the journey that, well, the short version. Let's get it. Short version I of go the on tangents. That, that brings us to here today. Okay. Well, I did get baptized 20 years ago. So, 23 years later, a lot's happened. Um, yeah. So, always, like Eva, always been in the Christian family and loved God and Jesus and had my times where I, well, he was there, but I, you know, did that. Um, yeah, and the last two years have been epic, to say the least, for those who know me. Um, huge changes, and I've been on a really, really difficult journey, 
You're doing well. even though I felt like I couldn't get out of bed. Um, yeah, and I've had some breakthroughs and lots of things, and even when I couldn't concentrate or read the Bible, I just constantly played worship music, um, just listened to Psalms in those, you know, beachy, Pam Finlay told me, in little beachy fields, just, yeah, I couldn't even listen to Nicky Gumbel in my mm. bad times, because it was just, I couldn't even hear it, but just, yeah. Um, and I really learnt, I guess you were always like, yeah, I have faith in God, but I didn't. Um, and I really grasped what that is now. Um, yeah, and really letting go of control and trusting him. Um, yeah. And Mike Cox said at church the other week, you know, about getting that head knowledge into your heart. And I've desperately, desperately yearned for that for such a long time and wondered why can't I have that? And in the last handful of weeks, that's really happened and it's just, yeah, um, just, whoa, yeah. so, yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot and then Friday night, as some of you know, I woke up at 20 to 1 and didn't go back to sleep and I went, I'm going to get baptised again tomorrow. Right, yeah. Whew. That's it. <laughs> 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 you did really well and so, you know, you might find your story reflected in any of these, you know, and I'm sure many of us can relate. Who, who can relate to Jane's story? You know, we, we all can. And uh, well, the wonderful thing is that, that the journey ahead of us, uh, it, it, we, we don't know what it holds, but we know that God's in that and God's going to lead us through whatever comes. He's shown you his faithfulness to this point and the promise is he's going to be with you ahead as well. And so what a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful celebration to say, you know what, I, I'm aligning, continuing. I think it's a daily thing when we align our heart and our, our minds to God's truth and God's word and who He says we are, and it's not always easy. Uh, but we and you just you just kept faithful and you kept committed. So cool. Well, I'm going to just pray for these guys, and I do want to give there'll be two opportunities. If you're here today, and and maybe through worship or through communion or through their testimony, you're thinking, you know what? Um, I'd also like to get baptized. So I want to give you two minutes, two moments. One is here and right now. And the other time will be in the water. Um, and so I just thought I'd prepare you for that. So is anyone here that would say, you know what? My, my heart is stirring within me. That could just be the Holy Spirit saying, you know, this could be the time. There's no right or wrong time. Let me just make that very clear. 
Um, and we know that baptism doesn't make anyone a Christian because these guys are already walking with the Lord. But uh, maybe you're here and so I'll give you a moment. Anyone who'd like to just come up and say, you know what, I think today's the day for me. Sorry, you guys at home, you can talk to me later. So. All right. Okay, so well, we are going to then move toward the beach and we'd love you to join us uh, down there. And then we're going to uh, have the privilege and the pleasure of just seeing these three lady, young ladies. Um, <laughs> just, 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 just see what God does from this. I'm going to pray. So, so Father God, I just thank you for, uh, for Amani and for Eva and for Jane. Lord, I thank you that today amongst their family, amongst their friends, they are, they are just drawing this line in the sand that, that identifies them with, with you primarily, but also with us. And Lord, I just pray for the next few moments as we, as we go through the waters of baptism, that they would truly experience your presence in a way that they've never experienced before. Your presence that uh, has always been with them, but their eyes will be open to a greater understanding of who you are and who you've called them to be as your children, and that they are your beloved children. Uh, you are well pleased with them, and that they bring you incredible joy. In Jesus' name. Amen.